For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk, a movie podcast where we give pumps and dumps. Welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I'm your hunk. I'm Doge, and why you stuck up, half-witted, scruffy-looking chunk herder. Nice. And I'm Carter. I chunk you. I know. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah. Hey, uh. Sounded kind of hunky over on the yeah, side of the table. Ooh, What's up? did I? Tell me things. I'm the hunk because last night I went to the great state fair of Texas. Hey! Oh, yeah, I went to the state fair last it night It was too. a really good time. No way. Yeah. Had so, okay. Every time I drive by. I was, I went. The Ferris wheel lights also. look as if they have never been seen. Right, it's like fresh there is all time. sorts of new stuff happening on that on the tower. I heard about all the new mm-hmm. foods and stuff. Yep, walked yeah. by. I, right. I, I found out the Ferris Disney trip. I I'm miss. I'm probably going to miss the state fair. No way. So I want you to tell me. Let me live through you. Thank you, Jordan. Sure, for yeah. being the only person that I know. Yeah, I went that to. has gone to the fair. It's been an anomaly of a year. To where I mean, I live in Texas. I live you with friends like in Dallas, go. near Dallas, that are right yeah. by the fair. It is. It used to be the world's fair. Yeah, so you would sure. think there's a good shot that at least one in six million people have gone that I know. Finally, the one is here. Here I we mean, go. We went too. I My did wife it. and I went too. Last so, night as well. Um, I started the evening, yeah. as I always do at the State Fair of Texas, with a Fletcher's corny dog. Started oh, the same way God. we bought it them. Was, it can't be Fletcher's. Chelsea and I have talked about every other night of our lives how much we are. I'm so sad we're going to miss it this year. And here's the thing. I'm a strict rule follower with the Fletcher's corny dog. And by that, I mean, it's mustard or get out. Oh yeah. 100%. That's how I did, that's if you put, how I did mine if last you put night. Ketchup too. on a corny dog. Yeah. You're a monster. I feel like someone else is that way. I can't remember. Someone else was telling me about how they're only mustard. Mustard on the, only. On the corn dog. Weird. I mean, I love that. I mean, that's uh, team I, mustard that's for sure. So yeah, night. we did that. Uh, we went in with some friends on the family pass to get some extra coupons for Heck food. Yeah. That was us. That was my wife and I. And we went to the food court, tried the fried banana pudding. Oh my also gosh. How was it? it? It was. Was it a fried 
puppet monkey? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. It's like a like a hand pot. Nana pudding. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> it, was it was the dog from Peter Pan. <laughs> Oh, I know. It's my dog's name. I actually. know. It wasn't. So it's was like a hand pie with. It was really pretty good. It was like a hand pie. Banana pudding as the filling. You is know that what, what they're about? called? Yeah, like a like a toaster strudel. I don't know another person in the world that's had a hand pie, but you at the state fair. Here we go. And so then we had like some corn dog shrimps with your yeah. jalapeno cornbread. So oh, it I, was. I bought them for us. It was really good. Delicious. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, we shared them. Tried the award winning taco cone. Fantastic. The state fair is mostly about food for it. me. We oh, 100%. Cone. Was really good. Um, had a Cuban egg roll to die for. I had one of those. Really wanted to try the big red uh, chicken, which was like, it's like big red <laughs> soda donut with chicken. It sounds disgusting, but it won hey. an award. And, Don't knock uh, it until you try it, right, me, Dosh? And uh, my I mean, my good friend Ben and another guy really wanted to go in on it, and our wives were yeah. like, "No way!" Aw, so I'm sorry. We well, that's great, that man. Idea. Congrats. Yeah, it was really awesome. I wish you, you clearly guys could had have been there. With you clearly me had the experience best experience it. of the three of us. Yeah, yeah. that's fun, man. Yeah, good job. Been awesome. I enjoyed it too. Do what? What's the movie we're doing? So we're talking today, continuing our Imperial March through the Star Wars universe. We are talking today about the second chronological entry in the series known as Star Star Wars Wars, The Empire Strikes Strikes Back. I thought we were going to say the episode number now. I made a big deal about how the episode numbers are gone. I know you did, but I thought we were going to be different. Josh, when did you get here? Just walked in, just rolled in from the state (laughs) fair. Cool. From where? So we're not going to say the numbers anymore. Yeah, I think we don't. I missed that. The mouse has killed the numbers. It has. As it always does um, in the (laughs) box office. I don't want to waste another second before we jump on into this because I am pumped to talk about this movie. So, Duzwa. (laughs) That's amazing. Would you please? Oui. Deliver me a synopsis of this movie's. Oui. This week's guest synopsis is written by Medic249A2. Uh, and just a quick aside, uh, Jay Welch from last week did write another one. I'm saving Jay Welch's synopsis in case there's just a real great one for one of these other no doubt, Star no Wars that we're going to be talking about. Smart move. Uh, Medic249A2 writes... The story of Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Princess Leia, and the others did not end with the destruction of the Death Star. It continues in this movie. Oh, shoot. It's true. Imperial forces have since driven the rebels to hide on the ice world of Hoth. Mm. But even on such an icy, backwater world, they cannot escape the evil Darth Vader's eyes for too long, and he devastates the rebel base in an assault with Imperial AT-AT walkers. Luke flees to Dagobah to begin Jedi training with Master Yoda, while Han Solo, Chewbacca, Princess Leia, and C-3PO run the blockade of Imperial Star Destroyers in the Millennium Falcon. The Imperials pursue them across the galaxy and eventually catch up with them on Bespin. Now, Darth Vader plans to use them as bait to lure Luke Skywalker to him and turns Han Solo over to Boba Fett as a prize to be delivered to Crime Lord Jabba the Hutt. So many proper nouns in that sentence. Luke learns a terrible family secret after losing a sword fight with the Dark Lord. A sword fight. With the Dark Lord, will he and the others escape the Empire's clutches? (laughs) I was about to say, yeah, he fights Voldemort with a sword in this one, guys. It's so weird that that guy gave... Like Skywalker. a moment-by-moment moment account of the entire movie, but still chose Until to end his synopsis stopped. with like, but how will it end? Just tell us. You already you told us the everything else. Yeah. Come, ta-da. <laughs> okay, thank you, Voldemort. Dark Lord. Dark, dark it's Dark, Dar? Clord. Dark Lord. Yeah, dark yeah, Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dark Lord. My favorite character. So, this movie 
picks up three years after A New Hope. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I'm going to mm-hmm. give a spoiler warning right now. This is my number one Star Wars movie of this all of them. This is my number one Star Wars movie of all of wow. them. Wow. So there we go. <laughs> Carter sits what I, what do you answer when you're the odd man out? That's amazing. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so, wow. My uh, number one location in all of Star Wars is Hoth. I love it. And that's where we begin this movie. Super pump. Whoa. Is everything that happens on Hoth. No way. Oh, I wow. love this. Actually, it was almost my super pump. I, in the moment, in the excitement about Star Wars, about this one in particular, I forgot that something else is my super pump. That's okay. This is crazy alarm. how Star happens Wars with works. movies like this. False alarm, everybody. It's not my super pump. So when we open on Luke on his Tauntaun, which I'm, I'm personally glad that George didn't come back and CGI Dude, these guys. me too. For because real. that was a big deal for me. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've always known. I think even a young Carter watching these movies is like, this That's reminds me bad. of Rudolph. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. The clay- it's claymation, is it, it not? Is. Yeah. Yeah. Just like our chess pieces. Correct. That exactly. we have. Yep. Yeah. Which we didn't even talk about in A New Hope. Yes. Yep. Correct. So the, the very first thing that happens is that uh, Luke gets a big owie from a wampa. Mm-hmm. Let's right? talk about that owie. Yes, so sir. yeah, the owie serves as a story driven or a a real life purpose, and it is to come up with a story reason for the facial scarring that Mark Hamill has after ser- pretty serious facial reconstructive surgery. It's a big car wreck. Yeah, yeah, a, a horrible car wreck. Yeah, and really hurt and injured his face, mm-hmm. um, and had to have some plastic surgery to fix that up. So he's looking. A wee bit different. Looking different. Yeah. But some of that's explained with um, the wampa scarring, and some of it's explained because, as I said, three years have passed in in universe between A New Hope and now, Mm -hmm. which is not an insignificant amount of time. I mean, Luke has been promoted to commander. Right. He's risen up through the ranks of the rebellion. People know what's up. Yeah. I'm sure sure you get a big old jump when you blow up a... Sure. Sure, and when you can do a big old jump. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. he can't yet. But he's well, gonna. Yeah, later. I didn't know that. But he's gonna. Later with Vader. And uh, while Luke is hanging out with the Wampa upside down with the big owie, Han says, I gotta go find my boy. So this we get one of my favorite lightsaber-related scenes in all of Star Wars, <laughs> which is the first time Luke calls the saber to him on screen. This is the first the time force. we've ever seen a saber called. First time we've right. ever seen somebody use the force. Well, physically. Yeah. Right. Yeah, physically. No, that's not, that's not true. Force. Outside not of true. moving someone's throat. Right. Vader yes. choking yeah. the Imperial officer. This telekinesis is, this is, yeah. is what it's called. First telekinesis that we see in Star Wars. I love it. Right. And uh, he uses it to cut a chunk of ice. And we, you know what we didn't mention in A New Hope? Hmm. Somebody gets an arm cut off in every Star Wars movie. Not every. All of the main saga movies. Who gets an arm cut off in the next one? A Vader, I guess. Yeah. There's an oh. arm cut off in every Star Wars movie. Let's let's track that. I don't recall in Phantom Menace. So we have the guy in um, the bar at Mos Eisley. Yep. In A New Hope, and then in this movie we have two. We yeah. have the Wampa in C three PO, and then um, well, I guess technically yeah, C three PO loses his and arm. Luke loses his hand. But Droids let's, are let's, people too. Let's track that and call it a farewell to arms. So yeah. there's a farewell to arms in this one. Let's yeah. see what we got in the next one. I love Interesting. it. I love it. So um. We get this scene with the Wampa. We get Han going after our boy. And then we get the nasty Tauntaun cut open. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. 
Hey, what did they use for the intestines? Does anybody know? Because that's gross. It's nasty. I don't know what they used. I have no idea. It's I don't know. pretty disgusting. Yeah. I feel like I set a precedent last week that I should know the answer to stuff like that. That's I honestly always, was expecting you to know. Always been pretty gross to me. My gut was to say it's guts. Spoiled spaghetti, but that was for alien. That's alien. So uh, Luke is kept alive from the heat of the Tauntaun stummy and uh, brought back to the rebel base. Well, until Han gets the shelter up. Like right. it's like a little bit until he builds that he gets right. A yeah, it's not like overnight, him. right? Um, but then when Luke is brought back, it's discovered that an Imperial droid is there. So basically, Hoth yeah. is to set up. After three years, the Empire has found the Rebel base hidden there. Yeah, they found them, and they're coming to get them. Yep. And we get one of the coolest battle scenes in all of Star Wars here on Hoth. I love this so much. I accidentally super pumped it earlier in the episode. Yeah. This is without a doubt my favorite moment in, my favorite sequence in the original trilogy. So do you get irrationally angry as I do when people say at, at? Yes. Oh my gosh. So much. Oh, Carter says at, at. Look at him. No, not anymore, but hey, I was an at, at guy. Hey, it's okay. AT-AT, all-terrain artillery transport. Cool. What's AT-ST? What's AT all-terrain scout transport. Okay, yeah. Those are the little guys. There yeah. there you go. I didn't know that. So in this moment, we get to see Luke sort of lead a charge and be a to hero war! once again. <laughs> right. Um, to this day, when I think of Star Wars, I think of AT-ATs getting brought down at their knees. See, I think of is... playing that video game. Yeah. yeah. Was yep. it Rogue Squadron? Mm -hmm. yeah. That was tough. I'll never forget it. Yeah, it is tough because the button, like the button command to shoot the hook uh -huh. is iffy. Uh -huh. So this is one of those things that like, I think I accept it because it's Star Wars and because it's my favorite thing in the world. But there's a couple of things that stick out about this, trying to watch it fresh eyes critically. Right. Why do snow speeders have tow cables? Right. What are they used for? Right. I think we need to see those tow cables being used for something. Right. Before we L just like buy. A, like an F-150 commercial. Right. Before I, I assume. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, the the leap I think they want us to make is that there's a lot of construction on Hoth. Okay. Let me see some of that happening. I agree. Uh, also, so wheels are not used in Star Wars. <laughs> right. Right. We have, we have, our technology has evolved past wheels, evolved to hovering. So why legs? And evidently we've evolved past hovering to legs, which are worse than wheels. True. <laughs> legs are a bad choice for any vehicle. That's correct. So why do we have these big four-legged vehicles and smaller two-legged vehicles? And I know it's the, cool. That genuinely, that's genuinely the, the, that's like, the, the canon reason is because the Empire wants to use something that is supposed to look natural to intimidate people and make them afraid. I think like it's totally fine if we just say it's because it looks cool. And it I does. don't know. There might be something interesting about the all-terrain effect of that to be able to simply just step up something. But also like if you're if you're hovering, if you're floating like Luke's no speeder, there is no terrain at all. Right. The, the B wings do not require exactly. You know, a yeah. snow speeder does not require. You know. Whatever. Touche. Yeah. But then, and and I, I honestly feel like we kind of brushed past how cool X-Wings are in a New Hope episode. Yeah. I love the X-Wing ship so much. I mean, the ship designs of this stuff are the work of a concept illustrator called Ralph McQuarrie. Uh, these are among the most influential film designs of anything yeah. of all time. Like, the production design of Star Wars is iconic in its own right. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I could not agree with you more. And uh, in this iconic Imperial raid on Hoth, we get to see Luke being a hero kind of twice, DBH. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but we also get to see Han say, 
I'm getting Leia out of here because all the transports are gone. Because Leia, who is also a hero for sure, mm-hmm. has said, everybody get safe before me. Yeah. Now it's too late. And just as Vader arrives, Han gets Leia himself, the two droids, and nope. Chewbacca. 3PO. R2's with Luke. You're right. 3PO and Chewbacca out safely on the Millennium Falcon. Yep. And they are now in a space race mm-hmm. for the ages. While Luke and R2 are off towards Dagobah. We should mention X-Men. it's because he saw a vision of Ben Kenobi. As he was dying mm-hmm. from the Wampa Wound. Yep. Wampa Wound is very fun to say. Band name. Yes. That's a good Beat one. Beat me to it. So where do we want to go from here? Do we want to go to Dagobah first or do we want to stick in space for a little bit? I mean, let's just take a tiny, tiny, tiny look outside of this to something that happened like a year or two ago. We'll barely talk about it, but Jordan and I were talking about how this setup narratively is a little bit like the most recent installment of the Star Wars franchise in which people, there's a lot of things people were upset about in terms right. of, and I'm not, this is not trying to redeem the last Jedi, sure. but we have our characters split up the whole time. And honestly, our world is not as big as it is in a lot of the other movies Yeah, for the entire movie. I agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that was what Carter and I were talking about yeah. a little earlier tonight and I don't want to get too far into it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the last Jedi has a lot of stuff going on and some people loved it. Some people were in the middle. It, it's opinions. Sure. I think um, there's reasons it works here and reasons it doesn't work later. Sure. That, that's arguable. Definitely. Yeah. But I was just reflecting as I was watching empire. Cause it was the first time I'd watched empire since I saw the last Jedi. As I'm watching empire, I'm going, you know, it's starting to occur to me that maybe there are parts of the last Jedi that were intentionally written to be a love letter to empire strikes back. But more importantly, I think, let's address some Dagobah. Yeah. Because a lot happens, but not a lot to talk about necessarily. Yeah. From a theoretical standpoint, there's a ton to talk about. From from a what we're seeing standpoint, not a lot. We meet Miss Piggy on the swamp planet of Dagobah. Yes. It is Yoda played by Frank Oz, the voice of Miss Piggy, which is why so frequently uh, Yoda's like, like while yeah, he's yep, hanging yep, out yep. with mm-hmm. Luke, which is cool. It's wild. You could see his feet, and y'all know how I feel about seeing him up. At so feet. multiple times, I was like, I know Doge is loving this, <laughs> <laughs> just seeing Yoda's feet so Super many pop. times. Yoda's talents. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a rare example of a hero meets old crazy guy that is clearly the hero he's looking for and doesn't realize it. That works for me. A lot of times it's like, you really don't think that this dude is the guy you're clearly here to see, but for Yoda, it works. This works in a way that Luke going, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I wonder if he means old Ben Kenobi, that crazy hermit space wizard. That does not work. That doesn't work. This works. Yeah. Right. Him going, this little green imp is going to take me to find... Yeah. To find Master Yoda. Yoda. And then at the, when, when Yoda finally stops acting crazy and starts acting like Yoda, it's so rewarding to go, oh, he's cool though. This is one of the things that I think the prequels got super wrong by spoiling the Yoda reveal. Like, I think we need to keep that intact if we want to make successful prequels to these movies. The first time we ever see Yoda is in. Is here. Yeah. Mm. I absolutely think that. That's tough. Yeah, yeah that is tough hard. when you're trying to make a lot of money. And it he's is. like one of the most beloved characters. I know, but you got to say. I it. get it. And I, I fully love Yoda in the prequels as well. I really, so, really don't. Um, yeah, we'll get to that, I guess. We will. We will. But Yoda, <laughs> let's get to eat it. <laughs> Yoda I, on Dagobah. I'm going to say the original trilogy is going to be where the least amount of heat comes from Probably, in this yeah. whole series. Probably. It's going to get spicy soon. We'll see. Like, I don't have any. <laughs> I hate these movies. <laughs> um, but 
I love Luke's training and I love how Mr. Miyagi, it feels like so simplistic and so unforce related in so many ways, but teaching him patience and teaching him self-control. So I think all of these things Yoda's teaching him are in service to our theme of understanding what it means, what the will of the force means. And we've seen from A New Hope that the will of the force is harmony. And or at least that's that's the Jedi teaching. The Jedi teaching is that the will of the force is harmony. And that's what a lot of Yoda's teaching revolves around is you have to let go of your conscious desires, your conscious thoughts, and let the force flow through you. Right. And then will you be able to harness it and utilize it as a tool, but not as a weapon. Yeah. And uh, a, and a lot of extended universe stuff, um, which I don't know if some of this is still canon or not. Virtually but, none of it is, unfortunately. Um, the the Jedi training begins at a very, very, very young age. And one of the first tests is the children are given an impossible task designed to frustrate them into accidentally stumbling upon their use of the force. Hmm. So they're given something that they just simply cannot do, like stacking a bunch of perfectly round stones. Like lifting a broom. Right. (laughs) Stop it. We'll get there. Good grief. But it's something that they can't do that's supposed to be designed to get them to be so frustrated that the only thing they can think to do is the impossible. Yeah. And then they stumble upon their power. So this is sort of a condensed version of that with trying to push Luke to some of his physical limitations yeah. and really give him a crash course in the force. Yeah. And I think we get a good, we're, it's a, they do a good job of showing us that. Um, and I just love Yoda riding around in a permanent piggyback ride. I think that's really great. Yeah. Would you call it a Miss Piggyback ride? Oh, oh. Doge, it was beautiful. And you, you stuck the landing. Thank you, you really I did. I appreciate it. Um, but we also get a really interesting and foreshadowing scene in the cave. Does you want to unpack some of that for us? Yeah, so this is a cave that's strong with the dark side of the force. Uh, and so Luke... Do we know why it's there on Dagobah? There are places in the galaxy right. that are hotbeds of the dark side of the force. Right, uh, a lot of them are given specific reason. Like I know that the place where Emperor Palpatine, spoiler, dies is in space, the place it is in orbit is a hotbed of... Theoretically, yeah. That's been all but confirmed. Um, This one, there's not really a a lot of reason. There's speculation as to that's why maybe Yoda went to Dagobah. Into exile, I must go to the planet Dagobah. Maybe that's why he's there. Yeah, yeah. to to find some, you know, there's like a nexus of the force or something there. Interesting. Not really a ton of reason given. And actually, like, I kind of dump on how unclear it is what we're supposed to infer from this. Yeah. It's a, it's, so this is my super dump. Okay. Okay. Um, and it's weird. So my super pump in A New Hope was something else that was kind of unclear, which was Obi-Wan just disappearing when he got hit by a lightsaber. But I don't know. The delivery of that felt so different than this. Also, this just felt pretty poorly shot. I agree with that. Yeah. It's the same feeling we get when sometimes some older movies try and do slow-mo for an effect. uh, Lord of the Rings does this kind of slow-mo a lot. Yeah, and I just, this didn't... And and it's still uh, Mark Hamill keeps getting better. Like he's exponentially oh better. Oh my goodness! He is not. Close. He's not Radcliffe, right? Right. Radcliffe kind of peaked at two and didn't get any better at what he was doing as Harry Potter. But Luke Age is getting two better. Or movie two. Yes. Movie two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, we talked about the best Daniel Radcliffe was when he was playing all the other characters. Yes. Right. Yeah. And he wasn't having to play Harry Potter anymore. <laughs> right. He's like p- pressure release. Oh, I'm good again. Yeah. But yeah, this just was it. It, even as a kid, felt out of place. I, this was my bathroom break. 
Yeah. A, because it kind of creeped me okay. out. But B, it was like- It is super creepy. Okay. And yes, as I get older, it's like, okay, he sees himself. The intent He's basically is, yeah. his father, all these things, right? The intent makes sense. But I just thought this is just poor. Like I, it, it does not work. And that's funny coming from someone who says, I dig the claymation tauntaun. Yeah. I don't like this. Yeah. I agree. It's it's not terribly clear. I wonder if we're supposed to infer that. Like, I think there's a couple ways to take it, right? Like he is starting, maybe he's starting down a path that's going to lead him to a similar destination that his father and yeah maybe this that he's doing right now is the same cardinal sin of his father wanting to act without oversight essentially which we don't really get in the prequels we don't Mm -hmm. get a good cardinal sin for anakin like i think the messaging particularly uh, i don't want to pile on but my super dump is how the back half of yoda's teaching kind of just falls apart we don't get a great reason from yoda why he shouldn't go help his friends right uh, if if we're to infer, and, and granted, this is a shaky foundation that we're on because it wasn't made terribly clear in A New Hope what it means to follow the will of the Force. Right. That is something that we're having to really infer based on subtext and little bits of things that we can put together to make something cohesive. If we're to carry that into this movie, it becomes even rockier. Yeah, yeah. To follow the will of the Force, if we're saying that's what that is, then maybe what Yoda's saying is you're supposed to let go of all of your attachment which does match nicely with something we learned about the Jedi in the prequels. Right. Let go of your personal attachment and let the force flow through you and let things happen and then you respond rather than you try to be proactive. <clears throat> but we don't ever get Luke saying, hey, that's actually a really bad way to be. And right. we don't get Yoda saying, here's why that's necessary. Well, I, I would argue we even actually get a bad reason to stay in the first place, which is Luke goes, well, if I don't go, and he says, they will die. It's like, okay, well, then I'm going. Like, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Absolutely. Cool training guy I just met, and but so I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm okay with that if if the intent of this is to show the teachings of the Jedi have to change. Right. Which is retroactively what we've tried to make it into. Both with the prequels, we show the Jedi is so stuck in their ways that they can't adapt to the new, to the changing demand of Jedi in the galaxy. Right. In the sequel trilogy, we have the very famous, it's time for the Jedi to die, like the Jedi need to end. And so we've tried to retrofit, I think probably around this scene and others like it in the next movie, a mentality of the Jedi teaching has to change and it was flawed from the beginning and something has to be different. But I don't think that's present in the original movie. I think we just don't really know what we want Yoda to say here. Sure, I think I agree with that. Um, Well, for a little bit too, it almost felt like it took away Yoda's power to me a little bit because it felt like he was just the surrogate for what Obi-Wan wanted to happen. Yeah. Like Obi-Wan's telling Yoda what to do. Yeah, I, and when I know that's not the case, especially when you unpack this this movie even more, but there's moments where, yeah, it doesn't really know what it is yet. Right. So I, I agree with a lot of what you're both saying. Um, the cave actually works for me. Um, I, I actually really like that scene. Cool. Uh, not technically. On a technical level, yeah. I think it's pretty abysmal. From a story standpoint. Though. Right, yeah. No, I think I like the idea of Luke getting his first hint that Darth Vader might be important to him beyond wanting to kill him. Sure. Um, I, I like that idea. And I also think I like the warning shot across the bow of, hey, be careful this could end up like you. But also the the additional subtext that we find out later is important of this person is you, literally. Like, this is your yeah. dad. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot in this scene with the curse of knowledge of what we know now. Um, but even before that, I, I, I've always liked this scene a lot. Um, I agree with a lot of the stuff about the training. And technically speaking, I completely agree that the cave is tough yeah. and disturbing. I mean, it's dark. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the cave has always been it something I really like. It lops his head off. Also that. Well, and, <laughs> and then the mask just does Boom, explode. Just blows up. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing Very that much. causes it. It's just like. Yeah. Face. 
But yeah, I don't know. I like it. Cool. Weird, right? No. Weird how no. that works. Love what you love. Like so you the like. X-Wing is sunk into the swamp. Luke can't lift it because he's a baby boy. And Yoda's just like... <laughs> and then it Stop. comes straight out of the swamp water. Yep. Hey, hey, that's my super pump. Oh. Whoa. Do tell. Yoda lifting the X-Wing out of the swamp gets me emotional every time because it's built as the culmination of this whole scene where, where uh, Yoda tells him to raise her from the swamp and Luke goes, all right, I'll try. Yoda famously says, no try. Do or do not. There, there is, is no, no try. try. Brilliant. Uh, this is this is right around the same time that Yoda gives the, to me, what's for my money, the best passage of dialogue in Star Wars uh, when he says, uh, size matters not. Look at me. Judge me by my size. Do you? Hmm? <laughs> and well, you should not. For my ally is the force and a powerful ally it is. Life creates it, makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you, here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Yes, even between the land and the ship. And then Yoda raises Just the X-Wing. Just yanks that X-Wing yeah. right up out Guys, of the swamp. My favorite moment in all of Star Wars. This is my super pump. This is why I backpedaled so hard when I was accidentally going to super right. pump off at the beginning. For my money, this is the best moment in Star Wars. This is maybe, honestly, my favorite moment in any movie ever. Wow. Is when Yoda raises this out of the swamp. It's a That's it's amazing. a really awesome it's moment. So good. It's really so great. good. And it leads us to one of the most famous confrontations. It's what allows Luke to leave to go head straight to one of the most famous confrontations in movie history. Yes. That we'll get to after kind of circumventing back to our friends in space. Yeah. So long story short, Luke does decide to end his training, even though Yoda and Ben well, are with both the intention him, to come return and finish it. But Ben yeah, and Yoda. What does he know? Don't accept that as a valid right. option. They say, if you leave, you will fail. And as he takes off, Yoda says, there is another. Right. Which is important. Did George know that was Leia? Or was that a J.J. Abrams-style mystery box that he hadn't written the mystery for yet? So let's talk about this for a anymore. second. And this might get Return of the Jedi spoilery. I have always assumed that that was not about Leia. Yeah. Do you, you think it's about Leia? I don't. I don't think we decided Leia was Luke's sister I, until we I, were in production for Return of the Jedi. Well, I, even in Return of the Jedi, I don't think it was retroactively made about Leia. What do you think it's about then? Anakin. You think it's Anakin? Mm -hmm. I do, yeah. Because I, I think, and this is where, like, so there's a lot of times that we're going to talk about flaws in the Star Wars universe, um, both lore-wise and movie-wise. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to Jar Jar Binks in two weeks. So. Yeah, we're going to talk about a lot of that kind of stuff. However... At its core, I love Star Wars. I love what it is. I love how fun it is. I love the universe that they have made. And one of my favorite things about it is that in the end, Anakin is able to redeem himself. I, I have always assumed that there is another is more an allusion to it's not too late for Anakin to do this. Yeah. That, 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 that's, that's great. I've never heard I've that interpreted thing. it. I think... And here's the great thing too. I think part of also what makes Star Wars so great is it's so open to interpretation. Sure. There yeah. haven't been longer water cooler conversations over generations about franchises than Star Wars. Lord of the Rings yeah. is so tied up in a bow that there's really not too much room to decide not a whole what is fate, who is the hero, all that kinds of stuff. Right. But Star Wars is ominous and that's because it had no historical context. It was just made. Right. Right. So it gets to just form into whatever it needs to but just be so i will say i think sorry i cut you off no that's fine i would say i say leia because the way that 
A lot of the times in movies, when there's a reference to something, the second watch through, you get to say, oh, this was on purpose because the next person we see after they say something like there is another is the person that they're referring to. And it's Leia. That's fair. And we start to get a hunch. She's starting to get these hunches that something's wrong. She's the only one who thinks that this Lando guy is not up to any kind of good. And that felt like a hint to say she too has some kind of power here. Yeah, and yeah, and can be in control of this narrative. And yeah. later on, she can hear and feel Luke through the Force. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think the most. So I don't think this is quite as open to interpretation as we think. In Return of the Jedi, Luke says Yoda spoke of another, and Obi Wan says the other he spoke of is your twin sister. Hmm. Luke says, "But I have no sister." Obi Wan says, "Hmm, how about Leia though?" Hmm. So I think this is. That's the thing, though. It, it can be about Leia, but we don't really do anything with that information. Like, if it's going to be about Leia, let's make it really about Leia. Yeah, and yeah. she does more than just Mary Poppins through space in a couple of movies. That's interesting. I guess I've always wondered if... I don't know. Maybe maybe it was me wanting Yoda to be right in his estimate about there is, there is another. Because, I mean, Leia doesn't save them either. You know, it is Anakin at the end that kind of fulfills the prophecy. That's yeah. sort of the, the stab at the whole thing. Um, and I, I guess maybe it was me wanting to prove Yoda right and say maybe Obi Wan was missing. But maybe their maybe their hope is to get to Anakin. Yeah, no, because you when could they be leave absolutely right. the exchange, Ben says that boy is our only hope, and Yoda says no. If he fails, there is another. That's absolutely right. Yeah, her Darth Vader's other kid, maybe. Right, you know. So, yeah, I There's don't know. Such good twisty stuff. I mean, sure. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we're going to talk about some more of that twisty stuff and our friends that are floating around in space doing their own thing in just a minute, but before we do that, we're going to jump on over, take a little pit stop for shout announcements. Welcome to Shout Announcements. It's part of the show. Give shout outs. Make announcements. Sure is, Prospector. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Was that a Prospector laugh? It felt like, yeah. that's what I was wanting it to be. Like a Halloween witch. Ooh, it could have been when that. you walk in front of it and it's motion activated. Uh-huh. Yeah, it could have been that too. I dig it. So our first shout out, of course, is going to be to Tyler Station because it's where we are yeah. right now. Yep. Yep. Thanks for the use of the space. We also want to give a shout out to Crumb and Kettle. Once again, late night recording, not sipping on the coffee, desperately wishing we were. Thinking about the coffee though. Daydreaming. Night, almost night dreaming really. Wish, wishing for, <laughs> almost sleepy time almost dreaming. regular dreaming about the coffee. <laughs> And a final shout out to podbean.com. We pay you money. We put, put stuff on you. It's podbean. podbean. Yeah. Yeah. Dot com. com. And friends, please don't forget, rate and review this podcast. Jordan looked really worried right now because he's like, wait, did I forget something? No, I was scratching my armpit and it was very loud. I'm <laughs> worried because I was going to say that part. So I'm going to do your part and I'm going to just, we're going to do it live. You keep doing yours. I'm going to do what you usually do. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast. I want to do something. Please. Please. We want to remind you about our dear friend's story-shaped life. Yeah. Uh, And their show's great. And they're part of our podcast family and friends. And if you listen to their show, you may hear some familiar boys on there talking about some movies. Yeah. Did they do a good job? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You do it. No. I I knew there was another that could come in and... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did I do a good job? Sure. Yeah, dude, always. Thank you. Can't see eye rolls on the podcast. <laughs> I heard it. That was a great nonverbal for our audio media, yeah, yeah. Carter. 
<laughs> you know, you know those spinny tops where you rev it up before you set it down. It spins on its own. You know what I'm talking about? called a Beyblade. No, no, no. The ones where you like rub it on the table. Oh, where you scratch up your bathtub with it. No, that's also a Beyblade. Me at 16. No, I'm talking about the ones with the rubber bottom and it. Yeah. So Carter's eyes rolling made the same noise that those make. So it's like <laughs> right before you. I don't know what that is. We'll buy you a toy after this. Thank you. Can you talk about Story Shaped Life more? Did I cover it? You did. Great. It's great. Is that all the shout announcements? That's it. It's time to be done with it. I know. And we're back, but Star Wars style. <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk exactly about- exactly what the script says. Right, yeah. Two Chunk Strikes Back. <laughs> I want to talk about our group of lovable rogues. The away team. What are they doing? So, I'd like to set up a one-two punch, if I may. Okay. Dump and pump? Mm-hmm. Ooh. My I did that super, with Yoda, so you did. it's like you're copying me. Wow. That's true. Dude. I wasn't going to do this until you did it with Yoda, and then I was like, got to one-up him. You're just like, God, that's great podcasting. So, <laughs> just, just, man, that was good. Just let me, just let me burn through this, because it's, it's a little out there. So, my super dump is... Um, not the relationship between Han and Leia, but the kind of weird dynamic that is established where like, and I'm sure looking at it in 2019 goggles makes it a little more uncomfortable than maybe it did when this movie came out. And so I'm aware of that, but there are just some moments where Han is being a little more like forceful and forward than I'm comfortable with as an audience watching this movie in 2019. And I actually don't really like it very much. Hey, this is a testament to how people can learn and grow and change by being around good people and learning how to be a better person. For much of my life, I watched this movie and thought, man, Han Solo, the smoothest, we sportsiest boy the galaxy's ever seen. And later on, when Leia says, I love you, and Han goes, I know, I thought to myself, man, that is smooth. And watching it this time, I thought to myself, man, what a jerk. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. And there's just some stuff. I don't want to go super deep in it. I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory. But there were just parts of it that I was pretty uncomfortable with. Um, I don't think it was egregious. I don't think it's worthy of any sort of uproar whatsoever. Um, it just made me uncomfortable. And that was my super dump. Because there, watching there it, it in 2019, it was like, ooh, yikes. That being said, I know how weird that makes this next part, but it's the honest truth. Han Solo is my super pump for this movie. <laughs> I, yeah. Dude, this is Solo, a Star Wars story. Like this is, this movie is Han Solo's movie to me. Um, Luke is almost a side character for much of the narrative of this movie. Yeah. And this is about Han stepping into a lot of the sacrificial hero role that I love him so much for, even if it's sort of begrudgingly in some ways. Um, and he's, a lovable grump and he's kind of a jerk and he's awesome. And he is Are you talking about Harrison Ford now or Han Solo? Yes. Yeah. All of the above. Same. But man, Han Solo in this movie is every bit of Star Wars to me as anything else. And this is my favorite version of him. Uh when he's got the uh the jacket on. Yeah. Is the best Han look. Yeah. I mean, I'm all about There's a reason that's his look in The Force Awakens. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, love the vest. I can get on board with the vest. No doubt. It's the jacket for me all day. Then let's let's plan on having an interesting discussion next week then. If you like Han's journey into begrudgingly self-sacrificial leader. Sure. How do we feel about him coming back from the dead essentially for the next one and the next one? 
Sure. Yeah, no, that's that's a great discussion. And, yeah. and, I, and I think let's we can, bookmark that. Then. I think we can go somewhere with that for sure. So Han and Leia and C-3PO land in an asteroid. And? And Chewie land inside of an asteroid to this get away. Guy. It's like he doesn't even watch Star Wars. <laughs> I've never heard of it, but I'm loving it so far. Yeah. Wait till you meet Spock, dude. He's wild. <laughs> He's pretty crazy. They escape the Empire's grasp for a little bit by flying into an asteroid that's actually a big mouth. Whoa. I love this so much. I also love this so much. I love so this much. so much. It's so fun. Being in the gut of that worm. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of yucky. And it, Big time. It absolutely looks today like a special effect from a cheeseball, su- like space spoof movie. Oh, yeah. For sure. Hey, the Still sets for this movie are really good, though. They're like, really good. Like this, this is a set. We didn't even talk about it when we were on Dagobah. That's a set. Right. Because that had to be built several feet off the ground so Frank Oz can walk around underneath and stick his hand up Yoda. <laughs> That's crazy. That's true. It's wild. The sets look really good. Yep. They do look really Except good. Except on Dagobah, it's just like Yoda, the crazy Muppet space wizard, and then a bunch of regular Earth reptiles. There's so many snakes on Dagobah. There's lots of snakes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Dude. Good thing Han wasn't on Dagobah. Ka- Callie point. was like, how Why is Mark Hamill snakes? okay with all these snakes? And I was like, I don't know, babe. So sometimes yeah. you get those questions. I mean, there are geese <laughs> There are geese on Naboo. So oh, yeah. There are some Earth animals in Star Wars. But they're the called fun- Nabis. The funny thing is to read the w- Wikipedia entries for Earth animals in Star Wars world. I've it's spent a good funny. amount of time on Wikipedia. Raise opinion. your hand at this table if you've edited Wikipedia. Whoa. Doe's raised his hand. Literally anybody can edit Wikipedia. <laughs> Oh yeah, but he's contributing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Okay. Gross. <laughs> that was Actually, I love gross. it. But I want to I want to zoom in quickly on another character that we meet for the first time in Empire Strikes Back and he's a big part of this space chase. The race to chase through space. <laughs> and that's Boba Fett. The coolest character. So, in this movie, we're going to leave the tingling uh, of the the sounds here, the jingling in the podcast, because I'm making a point. Okay. So my super pump, as I show this worn, yeah, Lego one armed version, no face version of Boba Fett, very old, is that. But what Boba Fett means to me is, it is a character of the people. Mm. This guy doesn't exist as much as he does. We don't get. He is. He he became what we'll have in just a couple of weeks, like a selling point for a streaming platform for the biggest production company in the world. Yep. The fact that the Mandalorian drops when Disney plus dropped, like he didn't, the people just loved Boba Fett and that's why we get more Boba Fett. It's cause he's dope. It's cause he's just cool. Why it's does that work? Uh, my it's a primitive answer. thing. That's like, why do I like smoked meat? Right. Why does the shape attract me? Like what, what is, why is this attractive? I don't know, but Boba Fett's really cool. Yeah. And he hardly says anything, but he's my super pump. And I know that's crazy. No, it's not crazy. Not at all. And and by very the way, cool. we, we, we haven't talked much about the Mandalorian yet. I have- Yeah, we're very excited. <laughs> sky high hopes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sky high hopes. Absolutely. But yeah, that the fact that, and he's, I mean, Boba Fett, Mandalorians in general are also an integral part, inter, integral part to the storytelling of a lot of Star Wars stuff that comes after this. A lot of the Clone Wars, I mean, the clones, right? I mean, we find out like this. Yeah. So Jango's mm-hmm. not actually Mandalorian, is he? Uh, he he is a Mandalorian. Yeah, he okay. wears Mandalorian armor. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it He's he fleshes out 
not as much as, as like a Han or a Luke or an Obi-Wan. Sure. But, but boy, they take a lot of time to write more about him in future stories. Well, and they we basically do. find out that Stormtroopers, their their armor look is a modified version of Mandalorian armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it so much. That's my so super pump. Boba Fett's the center of a big change in the special editions. Boba Fett's original voice actor was replaced by Tamara Morrison, yep. who voices Jango Fett and all the clones. In to the keep that Australian vibe going. To keep that, yeah. He's, New, he's from New, New Zealand. Zealand. Yeah, it's yeah. like a Maori vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from the so continent of Australia. We completely eliminate Jason Wingreen's work as Boba Fett. Don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that either. Yeah. I don't like that either. I don't think we needed that. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. No one's going to be like, but when it was like two decades apart, like, yeah. okay, get well, over his it. His accent went away. Yeah. Well, and also nobody's going to be mad that it's not you, uh, and, you and McGregor in old age makeup playing Obi-Wan. By like, the way, did anybody notice that Leia in A New Hope for an entire scene before they blow up her planet is British for some reason? Yeah. Uh-huh. She's speaking with a British accent when she's talking to when Tarkin. Yeah, when she's talking to Tarkin. Carrie Fisher totally does that thing where you pick up and start talking like the people around you, and she's British for an entire scene. Mm-hmm. Hey, how come I don't notice this? Because it just happens. It's the whole thing that we talked about while yeah. we were off air, that it's just habit. Like, it's, I've seen it a million times. I know what happens. Yeah. And you kind of tune yourself out every now and weird. then. You can't help it. Yeah. Yep. Weird. Super weird. Strange. So we get Boba. We get Han. We get the chase. It's all good stuff. I mean, top to bottom, this is thrilling. The trash Coming yeah. out the back. I mean, I think we talk about risk and confidence. I mean, they decided to just go for it. Yeah. Even in A New Hope with an $11 million budget and now with an $18 million budget to say, you know what? Let's have a space war. Let's have ships fight each other in outer space. A yep. bunch of stuff that doesn't exist and we're going to have to fabricate all of it. Yep. And it actually still looks pretty cool. Hey, Slave One, Boba's ship is so cool. Yeah. It's my the number design one, of my number one so Star Wars cool. ship. Really? Yep. Love it. Mine's the Falcon. I, yeah, yeah, that's number two for Slave me. Slave One's very Slave cool. One's my number one Star Wars ship. Hey, what is the class of the ship that Vader's on? Because it's not a Star Destroyer. It's a, is it a- The um, big one? Yeah. Super Star Destroyer. Super, super okay. Yeah. Because there's- Clever name. There's one yeah. even bigger that's like a, not behemoth, um, like a Dreadnought or something like that, that is like- so way the dreadnought, the dreadnought class of Imperial Frigate. Is that what it is? That maybe what it's you're like thinking of, yeah. Dumb big. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just love how so many of the Star Wars ships are like, that one, but bigger. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. The triple X-Wing that Vin Diesel is the pilot of? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the Millennium Corona yeah. is pretty sweet. <laughs> um, and he's like, everybody's in my family. That's like the song he sings all the time. Yeah. Wow. Good. Hey. As that joke was coming out of my <laughs> yeah. mouth, I was like, I hate myself, I hate myself. Whoa. So like, as it exited. We're nosediving. Can you please pull the Falcon up into, I don't know, maybe Bespin? I'd love to pull the Falcon up Let's into Bespin there. after we jump, jump into hyperspace. And we're there. So I love Bespin. Good thing the hyperspace generator worked. That's true. Yeah. Hey, it doesn't work so many times. Right. I love that as a running gag in this I movie. I also do. Same. Um, but yeah, Bespin is such a cool city. So it's over a gas giant, mm-hmm. harvesting the gas, freezing it in carbonite and sending it off to people for money. I mean, it's a yep. mine. Yep. Like, But like a very rich mining colony. This is another hotbed of George Lucas edits for the re-release. All of these exterior shots on Cloud City are completely new PlayStation 1 style fabrications for bad. the release. It's and bad. They look terrible. Yeah, yeah, they don't look great. It's really bad. Still love Bespin, though. Still love Bespin. Sure. Yeah. You know what else slash who else I love? 
Lando Calrissian. Mm-hmm. Super dumb. So if yeah. you I know think I, if you think Han is a creep with women, oh big time, yeah, a hundred percent. My goodness gracious, I don't like Lando. I think Lando was so oh he's gross. Like yeah, his his stuff with Leia, and he looks amazing. Like. I mean, the, the character and everything was designed really well. I love the idea. Uh, it's fun to bring back, to have, you know, uh, Donald Glover. Yeah. I, I always want to say Danny Glover. They're way too close. Oh, he's and way yeah. too old for Way too stuff. different, yeah. For Donald Glover to come back later and play Lando. I think his Lando is better, and you haven't seen that. That's true. I love that Lethal Weapon reference. Thank you. I really um, to land. But this was not, no. I... It wasn't until now. I never would have thought that this would be my super dumb. Yeah, that's it. but it is egregious. I feel like the I movie also didn't he like is it. so creepy, y'all. Why are we spending ten seconds looking at him licking his lips and giving these weird bloodshot eyes at this piece of meat that he calls Leia? Like this is yeah, so gross to me. Gross. It really made me angry, and I was like, ugh, and I couldn't like anything else. And I was like, of course you would betray them. That's so interesting. You the, creep. The, I, I wish me, that I had felt that as I was watching. I mean, I, it's fine. Lando starts awful. Lando gets so much better as we go along. Sure. That's like, the thing. I don't buy that, though, that he that the Rebellion would ever accept him after he sold out their general Han Solo right. and I'm Leia Organa. I'm saying in terms of how I think that Vader's already there. That's the only reason I can think they would let it pass is, like, the, the evilest dude is there. In yeah, terms of I, ickiness, in terms of just being semi-predatory, like— that gets much better is what I'm saying. Like, I think he gets yes, over it. There's yes. way too much else going on sure. besides her walking up. Like, I couldn't believe it. I was watching it and was just like, oh, I, I don't know. I don't remember. I might have looked at Chelsea and was just like thumbs down. I was like, this is going to be it. It's so clear yeah. to me. But yeah, I'm, interesting. Yeah, it's strange. And to be clear, Billy D. Williams plays the character well and does a great job with what he's yeah, doing. Yeah. But what he's given, I totally agree, is pretty gross. Yeah, his chemistry with with Harrison Ford is wonderful. Oh, it's like, amazing. Those two together. Is I think great. maybe that's what I'm focusing on. Of course, yeah. Because as you're saying this, I'm remembering going, when he like kisses her hand and all that stuff, it's yeah. just like, yeah, that is yucky. It's, it's the feeling I get when I like see someone clearly checking somebody out. Well, and I think yeah. he exists from a story standpoint to force Han to make a decision about Leia. To force right, Han to- if you don't, I to, will. To confront, hey, right. you're making me so uncomfortable because I actually want to be with her. Well, because also too, what made me frustrated was all of a sudden it eliminates Leia from having the choice. Right. It, Sorry, you're just going to fall for the more suave person. It you can't help her it. agency, which yeah. is a huge problem. Burp. Yeah. Well, that kind of, that, that aspect of their love story- absolutely is what I'm talking about with my super dump of like, yeah, of like the Han grossness. So maybe, maybe it would be more correct to say just the general Leia related grossness in this movie, which unfortunately some of that does continue, but um, I don't think, I really don't feel like we had any clear idea what to do with Leia after a new hope. Yeah, I think that's fair. In this one, Leia has a moment of strong leadership at the beginning, whenever she is insistent on getting everybody to transports. Right. And then after that, she is kind of damseled immediately. Yeah. And yeah. She needs saving and she's the prize ultimately. And that sucks. Yeah. I agree with that. But her and Han being captured leads us to our climax, mm -hmm. which is Han is frozen in carbonite in order to be shipped to Jabba the Hutt because there's a price on his head that's for millions of credits. That's because Harry wanted out. Oh, really? Harrison Ford wanted to be done. He begged that, that he would be written off in this way. 
Wow. He was because he asked for George to kill him, and George was like, "This is a kids' movie. This is a family movie. I'm not going to kill one of my main characters." Well, <laughs> and then, and then Han said, "Okay, can you please write me out in some way? Ship me off to what's his name that we cut his scene at the beginning at the first Star Wars." They added that Java scene back in later, but sure. this is like this is Harrison Ford's way out. He did not want to come back for the next one, and he certainly did not want to. He would only come back for the Force Awakens if he got to die. That's crazy. He has wanted out since 1980. Yeah. That's so weird because I've seen interviews with him where he speaks very highly of Star Wars. It's just interesting. I haven't seen those. I haven't seen an interview with him where he speaks highly of really anything other than I've seen him praise Sean Connery. I've seen him talk really highly of like Mark Hamill and yeah. really highly of okay. Fisher. Yeah, so I think yeah, he, he, he likes the people, but I think he really wanted to be out of Star Wars. He reportedly did not enjoy the script. He, there are several instances where it's reported that he turned to George Lucas and was like, hey man, a real human being would never say these words. Huh. How am I supposed to emote through this garbage? That's funny. He really did not play, like hmm. he did not enjoy playing on Solo. He called the character Ham Solo. Ham? Mm -hmm. Like pork? As in like- Being a ham. The dialogue is so ham. That's funny. Yeah. Makes you love him even more, doesn't it? I like Somehow. that. Somehow. I think I do like that he was, a lot. He was being really Han Solo about his Han Solo role. Yeah. yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, I remember them like hearing about how he was one of the last pieces for The Force Awakens, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the door of the Millennium Falcon fell on his leg. No. Broke his leg. He was out of commission for like a month. Jeez. Yeah. Hey, speaking of out of commission, he gets frozen in carbonite and it's the most terrifying thing my young eyes had ever seen in my <laughs> whole life. Yeah, it's very scary. It, it, uh, it, his it, hands are bound? Yeah. When well, he goes into the I, case? I guess they're they're like bound down, right? Uh -huh. Like his hands are bound. They are not to be clear when he's thought out later. His hands are not tied, and he's also not wearing his jacket. It's because um, when they froze him, the rope snapped, and the fabric of the jacket. And the fabric of the jacket Same fabric. dissolved. Oh, yeah, okay. It was it was a rope. It was a hemp jacket. Yeah, hemp rope, rope. jacket. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, but they were metal binding. Yeah, but there is a metal rope. Yeah. So. Um, there's, it's such, I, I don't think, because I, I loved so much, like Obi-Wan disappearing when he gets hit, all this other stuff that they don't really spoon feed you. Yoda's saying there is another and we have no idea who. Yeah. There's such a spoon feeding when he's laying here in the carbonite, when Lando's talking about like, like they double check, like, hey, is he alive? Like, what? don't tell us he's alive. Yeah. Why not? Like, just tell us you've made a trophy for Jabba so he doesn't have to do it himself. Yeah. And Jabba gets, Jabba gets to hang it on the wall with the elk head or something. You yeah. know, it's like... Why did you have to say that? Because it was, it's not that much of a surprise when he gets thought out later, right? Yeah. I don't so that, even, I mean, that is where Han's arc is leading, though. Like, his arc is leading to I'm learning how to sacrifice myself for the good of the rebellion. I'm learning how to deny my desires for the good of the rebellion. This should be Han's ultimate act of self sacrifice. Yeah, but he doesn't choose it. He should, he should though. That's what I'm right. saying. Like his arc is building toward him making a choice of saying the rebellion and the big cause, the capital C cause is more important than my lowercase d desires. Right. Right. I have, to, he, he should be able to make a decision in favor of the cause instead of in favor of himself. And that's, yeah. I think that's what this moment should be. And in some, in some ways that's what this moment is. It's Han sacrificing himself so the rebellion can live. Right. But it, it should not have been reversed. Yeah, I was going to say, just bringing Han back would make that burp. I think it does. I think it cheapens it. Is that different than Gandalf? I have to think about that. So I, my answer is that I, for me, it doesn't cheapen it because 
again, it comes down to character intent. If he knows all along that the plan is to unthaw him and save him, then it cheapens it. But if he believes that his actions are permanent, yeah. then I don't think it cheapens it. I think he made the same sacrifice whether the end result happens or not. Yeah, and he yeah. plays okay. one heck of a blind guy for a while, doesn't he? He really does, yeah. It's true. But, you know, it's it's the kind of thing where it's like, if I swing at you and miss because you accidentally trip and stumble, you can still get mad at me for trying to punch you. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like the intent. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, to me, it doesn't cheapen what happens here that he comes back. Yeah. Um, it doesn't cheapen it if we do something meaningful with his character. Yeah. And I think we'll talk next week about whether we do Whether that, that happens or yeah. not. Sure. And so um, as everybody's co- sort of getting carted around and taking different places and Lando's like, let's get out of here. This is crazy. And takes everybody back to the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> As a, as a director, I feel like it's part of your job to be like, hey, these it's, words it's are Falcon said in this way. <laughs> I know. Yeah, everybody say it the same way. Say it with me now. Falcon. Uh, Han Falcon. says Falcon in the sequel trilogy. That's true. Luke is heading to Vader. Mono mano. What great set design. Oh, the the same place that we have him turn into Carbonite is where uh-huh. this fight begins. I had a toy of this room where yeah, the, dude. the glass window could blow out in the back and you uh-huh. could spin this thing up and Han would come up out of the Carbonite and all of a sudden it was awesome. The sticks and dirt that I had, I tried to make it look like that. But <laughs> yeah. hey, that's really cool for you, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was, yeah, that is just, man, they hit it. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, they've just given you a stage. It, it you know what? I hearken back to Cutthroat Island. The fight between dog. I'm kidding. <laughs> Captain Morgan and dog. Frame for frame. Bad dog. Just as influential. So we finally get lightsaber fighting the say, way. Please talk about the lightsaber fighting because I know you did not love that. In right. Hope. It finally looks like what I had always wanted it to look like. It, 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 it finally feels like lightsabers. They're, yeah. they're light. They're agile. They feel dangerous. Yeah. The lightsabers here feel like a real threat. And it's scary to watch them swing around. It's scary how fast and strong they both look. Yeah, it feels like they took it out of the actor's hands to choreograph it and hired a choreographer. I yes. agree. Someone who knows how to sword fight. I agree. Yeah. Yep. And we get all of these different set pieces where one or both of them is in danger for different reasons. The force throwing of the different pieces of machinery doesn't look great. <laughs> you know what yeah. doesn't also look great? is like the Luke hiding by climbing up one of the hoses and then deciding, yeah. well, well, hold up, let me get back down. That was a bad choice. I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> Wait, up here. This is too high. <laughs> yeah. My arms right. are getting tired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he swung a little He's bit. like, oh, shoot, he sees me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, he uh, can feel he people looking. from there's, one ship to the other. There's something about that, though, that like I I kind of love the practicality of this fight that it's not like in later Star Wars and prequels, we're going to get CG Jedis flipping all over the place. Sure. In Marvel, I mean, a lot of those fight scenes tend to be kind of weighty because it's all CG spandex boys flipping all over the place. Yeah. This is a dude trying and failing to climb up a rope. And there's something like charmingly practical about that to me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And when we're finally forced out onto the walkway, the tension has built sufficiently. Yeah. And when Luke is cornered and his hand is cut off, it shattered my young child brain. Everybody. I mean, this I mean, is twisty. All over the place. Yeah. You don't expect the hand to come off. The lightsaber's just gone. Q Doge saying something about sequel trilogy in three, two, one. Maz Kanata says that is a story for another time. We'll never get that story. Doge There's still a, one more movie. Doge is um, heading down a path to the dark side. It's filled with anger. 
So there's that. He's no, let I his... promise. I promise I'm gonna give those movies a fair shake. Sure, it, it's seems, just, it really seems like it so it's far. Later than Grouchy. <laughs> <laughs> so the lightsaber's gone. The hand has gone with it. I wish that Maz Kanata had handed Ray a hand. Yeah. <laughs> I found this too. Do you want this? Just doesn't understand what's important that, about either of them. They're probably be, both good, right? That would be hilarious. <laughs> anyway, Yuck. this is the reveal. Uh huh. I am your father. The best moment of my life. I watched. So when I began dating Jess, who is now my wife, spoilers for our relationship, I guess. Dude, I'm only in the Dude. third season. I know. It gets, it picks up crazy in the third year. Um, when I began dating her, she had never seen a Star War, not even <laughs> one of them. So we watched them in release order. We got to this scene on the bridge. So she didn't know anything about that. She did not know Vader was Luke's father. Wow. I had to pause it because her mind was so thoroughly and completely blown. Vader says a line and just looks at me, huge eyes, and goes, what? That's his dad? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Luke, I'm your father. How do you not know that? And she was like, no, I know that line. And I was like, do you know who said it? And she was like, yeah, I know it's Darth Vader. This is such a good. Like, what did you think that meant? And she was like, "Well, I hadn't seen him, so I didn't know." This is such a good time to pitch the movie. It's fun. We don't talk enough about how Jess is actually relatively famous because there's a pretty popular Netflix series right now about her life called Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. It's unbelievable. She's and spent her whole life. It's in a basically yeah. Jess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Females are strong, dude. Um, <laughs> it's not what it was about. That's the theme. That's song. the theme song. Oh yeah. I now thought you, I thought you were just being like, Ugh. <laughs> So Luke decides, rather than join you, I'm going to just fling myself off of this tower. And you guys no! know, dude, how did his mouth go into that shape? Crazy. It was an surgery. M. It was a capital M. <laughs> it really was. It looked like a Muppet mouth. Uh, it looked like Beaker's mouth. Uh, you guys <laughs> you guys know that that David Prowse, I believe it was David Prowse, the guy in the Vader suit, uh, and Mark Hamill are the only ones who knew the line yes. there. <gasps> the line in the script was, I believe it was Obi-Wan killed your father or Obi-Wan was right, I killed your father, something to that effect. And so this was kept a secret from everybody except for the people on set that day uh, until the premiere of the movie. Like this was such a closely guarded secret. What? The people sitting, like, like Harrison Ford, sitting in the theater watching his movie he was in found this out at the same time as it happened in the Whoa. movie. That's so cool. It's crazy. That's awesome. I That's love really that cool. very much. Yeah. Hey, um, I'm sure there's a reason, and in my head the reason, the reason is that there's a lot of suction in the one particular tube, but how come instead of falling straight down, he falls down and then diagonal? Uh, the same reason that the photon torpedoes or whatever blew up the Death Star. They just kind of get to turn right at the end and go in there. Yeah, it just, it's what happens. It's a force thing. Okay. Yeah. That's what that's what that's all I need. I'm good. That's all I needed yeah. as an answer. I just yeah. wanted to make I sure that there wasn't something I was. Yeah, missing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's like, <laughs> he's like straight <laughs> down. It's just like whoop this way yep. <laughs> at the very end, yeah. and it's not even like a bad shot. It's like that is what happens. Yeah. yeah. Yep, and <laughs> it happens, happens because it happens. There are some things that the movie becomes such routine muscle memory that it is impossible to see the cause of those things. I'm calling it vacuum suction because it's above a gas Sure, giant. vacuum That's suction sounds good to me. Then he hangs onto the uh, satellite TV antenna at the bottom of the city. Yeah. Leia comes and picks him up. That While part, having visions of him through the force. Right, to which be is a big clear. deal. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. then he gets a new people hand, which is too quick. 
Yep. It is too quick to reverse that injury. Yeah. It, it ultimately doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So Except to lose the saber. Yeah. Lost a hand. Maybe it's a little bit of an homage to what dad has gone through. They didn't know that yet. They yes. didn't know that yet, but hey, yeah. good job of coming in and... It's like poetry. I mean, there's um, a lot of great shows out there that hadn't didn't have it all written before they started. Yeah. It's like, let's get past the pilot. Okay, cool. Season one. Great. Let's keep it going. Uh, and, and that's ruined a lot of shows. It has. Uh-huh. And some have a pulled it off. Number. So, yeah. Um, but then we, get our, then we get our credits. Again, another very fast ending. <laughs> we, like, it, it's... This become, one took me by surprise. It's become a pattern, I think, that we don't really know what the end of our character arcs should be. And so instead of doing that, we have them stand together or look at something together or have a ceremony and then it ends and then it's over. And the catharsis we feel comes from a, from hearing the happy music, not necessarily from these characters being landed in any way that makes sense to the two hours we've just spent with them. Yeah. I hear you. But one of, one of my arguments for why I love empire so much is that the end <clears throat> is so unsatisfying because we're dead in the middle of the story we're trying to tell. Yeah. I think that's, that's pretty valid for this one. Yeah. Yeah. Egregious for a new hope. Yes. But yeah. for this one, I think one of the reasons that it sticks out in so many people's minds and why I love it is we end scattered, injured, and down. Yeah. We are in trouble. And Luke has failed. Yes. So at this point, at this point, we as the audience are set up to believe that Yoda and Ben are right. That this was Luke's chance, uh, that, that, that Luke blew his chance to get to Vader. Whatever that means, whether that means defeat Vader, whether that means talk to Vader, turn him again, Luke blew his chance. And so he lost his hand. His friend Han is... Yeah presumably dead, shipped off to Jabba the Hutt, written out of our movies, and now we've lost. Right. Yep. Empire Strikes Back. I mean, that's the movie title. This yeah. is the counterpunch. Yeah. So um, I think we rate it, but before we do that, I want to say we we forgot to talk about, or I forgot to talk about uh, Luke's back to canister that he floats in at the beginning, which is a cool piece of technology that doesn't really do much for us in these movies. Uh-huh. But I love it that you yeah. can just sort of float and heal. Yep. Pretty yeah. Pretty cool. Cool. I wish we do- dove a little further. It's like a reverse that. back to your infancy kind of. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think that's super awesome. So that's what the clones are grown in. They're glo- grown in back to tanks like that. Like oh, it's cool. essentially like an like artificial womb. womb. Love it. And then um, some of the like hospital droids that work on Luke remind mm-hmm. me of um, the droid from Rogue One. Oh, interesting. K2SO. Yeah. Yeah. The Very, similar Very similar design. Very similar design to Their me. faces look kind of similar. Yeah, so just very interesting. Those I just thought about wide it. set eyes. So I think it's time to rate. Let's do it. And here in the Star Wars universe, we rate using the intergalactic cinema scale. Good job. Science did it. Like Bacta. And it's as follows. The best thing we can ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it, buy, buy that, that poster. poster. After that, it's going to be buy it. Followed by rent it and then stream it. After that is forget it and last but certainly least, the worst thing we can ever say about a movie. The Force has forsaken us. Anybody? I'll do it. Okay. This one's a poster for me. Again, this is my very most favorite Star War. This one to me is... uh, So this is the point where if A New Hope laid the foundation, then this began to put up the frames of the house that I know as Star Wars. This is where everything that makes Star Wars Star Wars really solidifies for me. And this feels like the Star Warsist Star Wars of all of them. I love this one much more than the others. It's so very good, and I want the poster. Yeah, it's a poster for me as well. And I literally said to Carter earlier today, 
Empire Strikes Back is where Star Wars becomes the Star Wars that I love. Right on. That this is that movie where I everything think that's solidifies. Not a terribly uncommon. No, sentiment. I don't think so yeah. either. I, I think that for a lot of people, it's like lightsabers become lightsabers. Han becomes Han. Luke steps into Luke. We get yeah. Yoda. Like it's just like here we go. Open up yep. the universe. Step on in. It's like they were like, oh y'all are okay with all that weird stuff. Let's, Let's get go. weirder. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and I just love it. And it's does it have flaws? Hundred percent. Do all of them? Hundred percent. Do I love most of them? Yup. This one the most. That's why it's a poster. Yeah. So I haven't coming into the trilogy. I didn't know what my favorite was and it could even be we might not even find out until next week for return of the jedi um because it's either a new hope or return of the jedi because empire strikes back i don't know what happened it's a buy it for me uh and i think um i don't know it felt clunky at times and slower and even though there's massive stuff, right? It, it, on the surface, we can look at the spark notes and be like, these massive things happen. We meet Yoda. All the right. stuff that you said. Hey, I'm your father. That's a massive reveal. Yeah. There's a lot of character development. But all the in-between feels kind of drawn out to me, which is yeah. really strange. It feels yep. slower than A New Hope to you? Yeah, it does. And that's, y'all say Hoth is your favorite part? Hoth was close to my least favorite part of this movie. Wow. Because I think there's a lot of times that we're just walking around in the hallways of Hoth and it's just Han going after Leia, like high school type stuff. Yeah. That I'm like, this isn't really moving anything. And so it didn't really have the feel of what New Hope did for me. Um, and that is, that's not the reason it's a buy it. I think collectively I don't I don't like it as much. So mm, it is a buy yeah. it for me. Huh. Well, I respect you enough to hear that and accept <laughs> that. <laughs> no, that's good. I like that. <laughs> So if you love hearing us talk about Star Wars or if you hate it, please tune in next week while we talk about Return of the Jedi to wrap up the original trilogy. Them Jedi, they're back. They come back. They're back. (laughs) So tune in to hear that. To finish this week's episode, I'd like for us each to say our name and then do an impression of what we wish Boba Fett's voice sounded like. For two chunks and a hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders. And I wish Boba Fett was like, hello, it's me, Boba Fett. I'm just coming down to hang out for a few minutes. It's going to be great. Okay. I'll see you later. going to go kill you. Mm. I'm a bounty hunter. Mm. <laughs> also voiced by Frank Oz. Apparently. Yeah, Frank Oz. Definitely. Yeah. I'm Doge. And I wish that Boba Fett would say cool things like put Captain Solo in the I call. I knew it. Yeah. yeah. So or stuff like he's no good to be dead. <laughs> I don't even know. You know, something cool and bald like that. (laughs) Something bald. Aren't you supposed to bring that to a wedding? Like something bald, something blue. (laughs) Yeah. Something Vin and something new. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Carter and I would like Boba Fett to just need to speak up a little bit more. He becomes (laughs) kind of a different character of like, this guy's kind of annoying. He's getting the job done, but I just don't know what he's talking about. And just being real whispery, like the girl from Pitch Perfect. So it's like, Boba, what's your next move to track them down? And he's just like, I don't know. I just figured I'd shoot him. I got a jet Boba pack. the mask. Boba, we can't hear you past the mask. I just kind of, I like that. I think it t- totally takes away from how cool he looks. It's a fun juxtaposition. You have to balance it, I think. Yeah, yeah, it must yeah. be balancing the force. Look very cool. Sound very dumb. Sound very Yeah, what a good quiet. ending. Whoever came up with it on the spot really must be good at podcasts.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.